Okay, so one interesting uh, comment from one of our listeners, Yitzhak Krakauer, who is, well, Hashem always listening and sending in good comments. So he said, by the Chesidim, they're very makbid on saying whatever they can in shul so that people can answer, oh, we're talking about Bechsel Shachar, which is true. My point was that if you have an Asher Yatzar, you don't want to delay because by the time you get to shul, you might need another one. And Bechsel Teri, you don't want to delay because you want to think and learning. And on to Zadayim, that depends on when the final one would be, but technically any time you say it, would be okay, but yes, if all things are equal, there is an Indian to say a bracha out loud and have people say, oh, maybe that's true in general. Um, Sardom are very good at saying brachas out loud as they are at saying old feelers out loud, but it's always an opportunity if you're having a glass of water and you're standing there anyway and uh, somebody's listening, why not be mezakim with an ame? And that's true for any brachas you'd be saying in shul. Just that most of the time you have a Shliya Tzibah saying it, but there are those that are naive to say it by the seat and have the person next to them answering as well. Something, nothing, certainly nothing wrong with it, and it's, it's a mile if you mezaka more people. It doesn't interrupt the davening, obviously. Okay, let's go to page 12. And we were about to get to one of the aspects of Limitzchus, perhaps, in the Yashiv, why, if the food was touched by somebody who didn't wash Tzadayim, we might not have to be worried about the damage in the tint of Anefesh. I keep saying might because we are worried about it. The question is, what possibilities can we have to Miyashiv, uh, the minig of those that aren't? And this is certainly one of the more fascinating Makaris. Again, as I mentioned last night in the introduction, sometimes a bit misquoted or overquoted, this Mexico is not going to say that there's no Ruach raw around and no danger and no damage. It's going to say that there's a very distinct possibility that it's not as potent and therefore, well, therefore what? It doesn't mean therefore we don't have to wash, and it also doesn't mean therefore we should be touching the food. So that therefore we're going to use is that, well, maybe if there were not yet from people touching the food and you ate it and you didn't know about it, would explain why it's less dangerous uh, based on this Maseris. So take a look at the footnote in Halicha Shlomo on page 12. On the bottom, Amr Abenu. Shama b'zikni shalayim shekabala b'yadam ish mi piish ad hagrach v'lozhen. Shama Rabbeinu hagrach. So when I say a distinct possibility, I don't know anybody that argues on this but we don't know how much it puts it down to size. The guy is not saying that the Ruach is gone. He's going to say it's Nechlash. So we don't know what that tells us. And nobody says, including the guy, that you don't have to wash Nechavas. As a matter of fact, the guy says you have to wash more. Eight times instead of six. So this doesn't affect the Lechatechila. This is good when you're trying to line up possible Yeshuvim for a difficult situation. So, what was heard from Mechaim Velozhner who heard it from the Gaim? This is the famous Ger Tzedek from Vilna, the Graf Patetsky, and a fascinating story if you read it in your youth. If you didn't, go back to your youth and read it again. Uh, if you can't go back to your youth because you haven't found the Ponce de Leon's Fountain of Youth, 
he didn't find it either, don't worry about it, uh, go and read some account because it's very inspiring, it's an understatement, in terms of the mysterious nefesh, in terms to the godless that somebody can reach coming from Mamish nothing. He was a Polish Akum who came from a powerful house of nobility, but that in the token and Ruchnias will get you in the train. As a matter of fact, often it got you in the train going in the wrong direction because often they were responsible for a lot of the persecution that was going on. His father was, sounds like in the story, a nice guy, a nice normal guy. And he was sent as anybody with money who had bright children would, would want to do. And they were sent to some university, which usually, as you remember from the Chukasem Shir, divinity schools. That's why all of them had the issues today with the little uh, logos with the crosses and the, and the funny hats from the monks and all the things we discussed a few years back. So he was sent to divinity school and one of the few uh, pupils there who was smart enough not only to listen, but smart enough to actually ask questions, I should say brave enough to ask questions. <coughs> And after he asked the first time, and they told him to be quiet, and the second time they told him to be quiet, and the third time they warned him, they probably unceremoniously threw him out. And, okay, not a yid yet, he's just a guy realizing that this doesn't make any sense. And then he went to find somebody to teach him about Yiddishkeit. I would say uh, good luck is also another statement. In the times in which he lived as it was in most of the middle ages that preceded him and the ages were very dark before, after, during and if you were caught teaching Torah to a guy even this is teach Torah to a guy but not in the gayest context if you were caught aiding and abetting to convert the guy to become a Yid you would be caught and executed which is unfortunately exactly what happened not only to him, but to all the people along the way, the Shamas in Germany and the, uh, the uh, absolutely ruthless Kedark and Batuma, and especially over here, it's embarrassing for them, because that means that somebody with a brain realized that uh, the emperor is not wearing any clothing, and this doesn't make any sense. And uh, they hunted him down. He became from, he went to Amsterdam, I think, and uh, a little more free, and he converted, and he became not Stam, uh, Gary became a huge Tamachachim and a Tzaddik, and was close to the Gain and uh, and really made it to the top echelons of where you can make it to in Madrid is uh, and ultimately of course they ultimately caught him that's the only very very disturbing part of the story which we won't go into now how he was caught and who mastered on him but there's always a couple of bad apples and uh, they caught him they caught him and they spent many days and many hours trying to convince him to come back and renounce and he said, you're wasting your time, I'm doing no such thing. And they said, we're going to burn you at the stake. And he said, uh, well, that's the way it's going to be. And that's the way it was. And uh, his Steigkeit uh, and his mysterious nefesh made such a Roshim as it always does. Even if you're not famous and there aren't books written about you afterwards. If you have the Gavadezi, anybody, there were thousands, tens of thousands of Yidin who died off Yish Hashem and it made a tremendous Roshim. This, in particular, made a Roshim not only in Shemayim, which is uh, the place, obviously, that it counts, but it made, apparently, a bigger Roshim because of the unique pressure that he was under. This became an international sensation. And the church wasn't used to losing. 
and they applied every form of pressure possible and he wouldn't give in and that's what made this very very unique it wasn't a, a 10 second decision uh, part of the story in the background uh, rumor has it that the guy offered to get him out as only the guy could from Indian Alpinister and say some Seamus and he politely refused my assumption in the story is that the guy didn't send back a message afterwards that no no you have no right to refuse you have to come out normally and Yarvayavra if you can get away you have to get away you, you can't normally volunteer according to the Rami you can't volunteer according to Tasis you can if you're a Yachabader which he was and hence I believe the reason why the guy didn't send back a message you can't do that because the guy understood that was his decision and that's his godless and if you want to come out they'll help you if you don't want to come out that's that's acceptable, Shemayim also, and apparently was very acceptable. And he was killed. Famous conversation. It is El, so we have to speak out whatever Musa we can from the story. Uh, conversation between him and the executioner, who was shaking at that point, just in the terms of the godless he was looking at. And he, he never, had a, uh, never had a customer like this. And uh, he saw godless, and he recognized it, and he was scared. And he said, are you gonna, when you get up to Shemayim, are you going to have tainas on me and come back to haunt me and have me punished? They told him his famous marshal, uh, he was a child, he had made some sort of fancy sandcastle with soldiers out of sand and a whole, a whole big concoction which he worked hard on as a 10-year-old and one of the peasant's children came and kicked it all over. And he went right away as a 10-year-old son of Polish nobility would do and went to his father and said, I want you please to have him flogged and executed and look what he did. And his father apparently was a decent fellow said, you're 10 years old and we don't execute people for this and you'll grow up and you'll understand later. And he grew up and he forgot about it because it didn't make a difference in his life. And he told the executioner that where I'm going, this is not going to make a difference. You won't make a difference. You're just a shliach. You're doing your job. Which, in other contexts, is not an excuse as in Nazi Germany, but we're going to get off too off topic here. But here, L'chair it was. And let it go try why. If he would leave, they would execute him on the spot. But the kids, he told him, this is not the issue now, and he wasn't passing the shot of him whether he should or he shouldn't. He just told him, I have better things to do in Shemayim, like enjoy the Hashorah uh, Sashchina than worry about you. Which is a fascinating comment uh, per the Novishir, and we had a novice. That's a fascinating comment, because you can enjoy Hashorah Sashchina and still take the common, rightfully so. Why is one mutually exclusive? Okay. Can't answer all the shaylas now, but it's a fascinating account, and he was not only a gadol and a yishtam chacham and uh, one of the most famous uh, Gary tzedek of modern times. Uh, he also had worked on his development of his midas, all this in a relatively short amount of time to understand not only the context of kolator kula and the, the messiah of klal but to uh, be able to say as a you talk to the person about to kill you is that don't worry about it I have better things to worry about it's all true but you, you need to be person to be able to do this so this made such a roshem in Shemayim that when he stepped up to the maikid it knocked the kishkes out of the ruach tuma the ruach raw that we need to get off of Negevasa now I know you're all going to ask why this ruach tuma out of all the other thousands of ruach tuma floating around and all the other shady characters and all the other around this world why dafka this one i have a very clear and unequivocal answer i have absolutely no idea and if anybody tells you they do please send them to me and i'll probably convince them that he doesn't either um and lanuasic ministeris 
but it does make a difference. It's just interesting how uh, if this is gonna this stance that he took that made such a ration. So why not the kishkas out of this one? I don't know, Kasha literally. But the Messiah from the Von Lagain is that it did. Let's see it inside. But his name is Avram and Avram, and every ger is Ben Avram. Hence the connection to Maris and Machpela. Now, that sounds like a pretty general, nice comment. Sitchacha lost his kayach with that. Halavai b'nei maramein. But the next sentence is, Doesn't say this the only thing that was nechlesha? Maybe the other aspects of Tum in the world that the toned down and the uh, the kishkas were knocked out, is my expression, but we don't know of any other application, but Tum was weakened. Again, I underline bold italics. Weakened, not gone. If it was gone, we wouldn't have to watch six times or eight times. What practical aspect, how much can we rely on this? Mishabur also can't guarantee, didn't see it in print, probably knew about this. He learned in Vilma. But Lamaisa, all the pests can bring down, you have to wash Negavasa, not just for the Nikias Yadayim, that would be taken care of by washing once but rather three times or four times, or four times or eight times, and uh, six times or eight times. Befrat, b'mashem v'vur, b'gemara, yad liyati katzed, v'adai, dein l'hakol, because the gemara, although it's obviously written before, the get said, the gemivilna, l'maysa, it's a serious thing, and it can be dangerous, le'elenu, and you don't want to be quick to be mekel. Rei kovitz igris chaznanish, Chaznish was very focused on that. He used to tell Bachram this, sitting in the best Medjish, be careful what you touch, you're learning, you're Gedusha, you're learning, and you're davening, and you could lose it just by not being careful with things you touch and things you don't get rid of in terms of Ruach Tumah. So, Shalom Azam and Lamaisa was not Mekel, Shalmazalman said that, well, maybe one application would be if it's a little lighter and it's nechlash, maybe the Dalamas. They keep taking Dalamas because that's not Medina the Gemara. That's Nazareth Kaddish. Super Choshev Makar, we're medactic on it, but if we can make on anything, you can't start with the things that are Medina the Gemara. If you'd stop here, you'd think, okay, so Shalmazalman at least held that. Due to this misera, you don't have to have it by your bed. Look at the next line. Rabenu, Shlomazamin, Hayamaniyah Chamayim Al Shochan Samach Lamitaso. Al Chamayim said, "What does Shlomazamin do? He put it next to his bed. Not the Sham Yadav. I didn't think otherwise, but I heard many people report to me because they're just guessing and extrapolating that well, there was a misera and there's no Ruach Tuma that's wrong already." And therefore, Shalmazam for sure didn't wash my bed. Who knows if he washed it all? All that's wrong. It says, the, wherever it's quoted from reliable stories, he says it's nechlash, whatever not that might have. He, Lamais himself, washed by the bed. 
If the water was left under the bed, he didn't use it. This bottom line also very important. He once walked by one of the bedrooms of one of the kids or whoever was there. Children, nephew, doesn't say what it was. And he noticed that it wasn't set up and the young man was asleep already. Young Shalom Azam went to get the bowl and the thing and put it next to his bed. That's the Shalom Azam who said that we have a messer from the Vilna Gain that it was Nechlash. So Allah Lamaisa, what difference does it make right now? Absolutely nothing. Makes a difference how kanaz dick you can get for somebody who's not washed by the bed, but you can't get that kanaz dick anyway because it's not a din, it's still a hider, even though we should do it because the well, last night's share certainly uh, takes you an extra two minutes. Why not be makbin Kaddish? Not every Zayakadish are but this one's brought down. So on the Lachatchila, it doesn't really change that much. On the Bediavid of what we're looking for, for the Timtama Nefesh and eating the food that people touched. It's going to be in the list of possible things as Nifim Lahokal, as we shall see. Let's go to page 13. This is a tshuva in the Abiyamer from Avadji Yosef. And he mentions a few other possibilities. Again, they're all struggling with the same logistical problem, especially in Israel, where you have a lot of Yidin Ken Yebu, and they're not all washing their hands. Ken Reisi with Didi. See the bracket in the first column. The apples, the sabras, the pomegranates, the uh, potatoes, whatever is handled by people, which is a lot of food. And their people are not so medactic. Probably because they don't feel they have a choice. If you have a choice between Makola A and Makola B, and one has a firm worker and the other one has a non-firm worker, and they're stacking the shelves every morning with your fruits and vegetables, then go to the other one, because why start up with the Shiloh? If you have one where an Arab is stacking the shelves, that wouldn't be an Atiyah Zadayim issue. That might had some other issues. This is a quote from Chaim Na, which we saw before. The Gairim Teva Ra. Rajesse still points out that it's a little hard to answer this. The whole world's eating these fruits and vegetables. And uh, the bread, you know, you have a Bayalacham Shachar in Israel. It doesn't always come in a package. Recent years, maybe more so, and they're both stacked on the shelf. So, who do you think stacking that? Well, if you don't wash his hands, you have the same problem. And the bread, you can't be table. The apples, you can. So, now, what's the title? Now, that's an important, I made brief mention of this before. There are the Shainim who don't mention this concept, like the Ramam. The Shitasa on a lot of the Ruach Ruach activity, or lack thereof. And he says, that's one sniff local, and then he doesn't mention the Messiah from the Vilna Gaim, but even in Tinsalam, it was around, it's weaker now. And it's sort of like a Sveksveka. As he goes on to say, we don't know if anybody touched it, we don't know which bread they touched, which apple they touched, and 
even if they did touch it, maybe there wasn't the Ruach Ra, even though in Shachanar clearly we are Machmer for it, but the Irish Shainim held not so, and then I'm putting in from what Shalom Azamah said, from the Messiah, from the Geret Sedek Mivilna. Not that satisfying yet, especially if you're worried about Pimtum and Efesh, which you should be, which means it's still something you should avoid. We're trying to put together a case of the Stad and Lahoko, and we're not finished yet. Go to page 14. And you have here a fascinating tshuva from Shnurmach and Tshuva Svan Haggis, where he struggles with the Shaila. And I'll show you part of what he said. Shaila, Simon Aleph. Keep in mind, the Mishabur already passed we don't need Sniff and Lahokal, that we're not going to ask her, but the Evid and Lachatchili should try to wash it off. So if he touched the bread, the Maisa Baltashkis, the Syria says, you don't throw it out. Abchaim and others are worried about the Tintum and Efesh and said, yeah, it's Mutter, but uh, do you really want to eat this? Mishabur doesn't bring up Tintum and Efesh. So it sounds like Yelz is Mutter and it's Mutter. And, Perhaps if he starts talking about Tintam and Efesh, no one's going to eat it, we're going to get into a Baltash Shaila. That doesn't make it so Mahadrin. The question is, uh, what other sniffing can we add to it? I ain't Gambar Tzachayim Sham Tshuva Rucha, Benidin Zeh Masik Sham Lachach Lachachili, Yadicha Maichal Gimel Pama. You can wash it if you can, and it's not porous. Yesh Lutmaya Shapes Malaviyah Mashkasa Gedele Rishainim, Shabbat Gavna Hilchse Bahag, rather Hilchse Yamikipurim, Kasa Zel Shaina. Which means it's dangerous. And Pitesli asking, well, we have a pretty early Makar from the Bahag. Why should that be Mutter? Why is the Chayyad and the Shabur possibly as Mutter with the other? We saw this inside already. That's a practical reason. A reed will snap and might uh, go into the meat, and that can be dangerous. Completely different consideration. Something and we mentioned at the time that the dichoy and that raya might be that not all ruach is created equal. The fact that the over there is okay doesn't mean it's going to be okay over here, which is what he says in the next line. It's all nister, but uh, that's exactly why we can't make a tzushtel. Skip to the next column in the third paragraph. But Sefer, this is where it gets uh, very interesting. You're trying to touch up a Misa brought down the Misa Rav. A second time tonight from the Vilna Gain. And this one is going to be quite a debate what happened over here. Everybody brings down the story of the question is what happened. But Sefer, Tosefer, Misa Rav. He was by the Vilna Gaina Perm. They brought to the Vilna the Shalach Manas, Citrin Tapuchim Tevim, which in Vilna, the time of Vilna Gain was probably a Karamatsius, inexpensive, but brought a very nice Shalach Manas to the Vilna Gain and picture a fruit platter. 
Fruit platter is not a great example uh, because fruit platter by us is usually cut up already, which you could still wash technically, but it was probably apples whole. And they put it on the table. Near them, Hatzadik Rabzalman. Now, just a little uh, history behind that. Uh, we know the Vilna Gain was didn't have officially have a yeshiva, but he had some very famous Talmidim. Chaim Velazhner, the most famous of them. Chaim Velazhner came twice to the Vilna Gain with this fabulous, unique, new idea to open up the first modern prototype of a yeshiva. Wasn't the first yeshiva in Kleisel. He had Surah and Pompadisa and many others before that, but there hadn't been, and everybody was learning by the road of the town and the local uh, Malamdim, and it worked for a long time, but it wasn't working so well then. First time he came, the Vulmagain said no, and then he came back a while later, and then he said yes. There's a whole story behind it. Not for now, but uh, the first yeshiva had to be started completely al Tari Sakaydish on Chaim Velozhner was the next god Ladar, and he saw that in his Madrega there was one aspect he was so excited, there was a tiny aspect perhaps not a thousand percent Lashma, and he wanted him to cool off on the idea, so to speak, not, a, not the best lotion to use, uh, he, he wanted him to do it, he wanted him to be excited about it, he should be excited about mitzvahs, but he wanted to make sure that he was in it as Lashma as the Chaim Velozhner could be, and fully aware of the achrayas and the downside, which he was aware of the first time, but probably more aware of the second time after he got another first time. And he ended up opening up the yeshiva, and the rest was history. <coughs> All the yeshivas afterwards were when Velozhna was closed, came from the Velozhna yeshiva. So, we know a lot about Rechaim Velozhna. Less is known, although plenty is known, less is known about his brother, Abzalman. Abzalman Velozhna was uh, an incredible Eloi, and uh, if you see the way Rechaim Velozhna talks about his brother, Abzalman, you'll understand who Abzalman is once you know Rechaim was, and uh, he was very close to the Vomagain. And... This Rab Zalman is was perm, so what happened here is not surprising. Plus the fact that Zalman Uloshin probably slept two hours a night on a regular day, and perm there is an Indian to have something to drink during the Suda. We'll discuss soon when this was. But Rav Zalman was by the Volagan's house near them. Had Sadik Rav Zalman Zal Alashulchan. He fell asleep on the table, conked out right on the table. Put his uh, head down, he fell asleep. Just picture the scene over here. So we have a perm table, and um, the plat is over here. And Rav Zalman fell asleep, probably because that's how Yetzi Adela Yada per the Mekilim. It doesn't say, I'm hedging, because it doesn't say perm by day, this was during the Suda, they have the Suda by day, we have the Suda this at night, the food was still there, whatever, we don't need excuses why he fell asleep. He probably slept in increments like his Rebbe did. But he fell asleep, and the fruit was there, and as he fell asleep, you can picture he's over like this, and his hand was outstretched, and the tip of his hand touched the fruit. That's complete. Wow. That's... that's Sharp, did you notice that? That's why I said this, this simple story is very complex. <laughs> We're going to try to figure out what's going on over here. We're not asking cash somebody, we're just trying to figure out what it's a riot to. Uh, but it touched something here. It says, Okay, but that, as you notice, you're reading the word, but that's 
because you've all been asking me over the past week, well, is this go one level, two level, three levels, how far does it go? It sounds like it didn't touch the fruit. Ba'kelim Shabbat Apuchim V'Sitrin. That's what it says here. Try this. Is that Davka? Lav Davka. What happened? The guy found out about it, I thought. Tziva Admar Lachta Chasam Dak said, take all the, and the fruits are expensive in Vilna. Perm was like the middle of the winter still. So he said, take the fruit, cut it very, very small to make sure nobody eats it. And throw it in the latrine. That will make sure nobody eats it. Latrines then weren't like latrines now. Um, so he said, get rid of it, cut it up, and dispose of it. So somebody brought up, maybe give it to the cleaning lady. I had a clean away there. But give it to the next door neighbor. Dr. Shalom, he said, Don't you give it to a guy? Why not? Kadesh Layasi and Kennedy Yisrael, because he might resell it. Might resell it for a big profit. Can you imagine she riding from the gun? Or maybe she riding from the gun is an oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> she could say she from the gun. But he wasn't interested in anybody getting a hold of this. And they obviously followed instructions. Akan Lashena. So. So, uh, among others, uh, say that you shouldn't eat this, unlike the Chayad and the Shabur, because this is dangerous. Scooping out the cereal. So, first thing we'll find out over here before we get back to the story is that the Mishabur and the Chayad are Mamekel, so as yet it's a Chayim. Preferable to wash it off if you can. Darachayim, the Pimagadim, and many others are quite nervous about this, and the jury's still out. You could certainly rely on the Mishaburah, but somebody asked me early on, can you be Machmer? You're against Baltashchis. Uh, the short answer then and now is yes. Question is, what's with this story? He fell asleep. If it's by day, that means the guy held the suffix of the Mechaber. Is not like we saw in the Eshel Avram. It's a serious suffix, not just a chumra, and he's willing to ask for food and get involved in serious baltashchis. Baltashchis is always serious, but these are expensive fruit. He's given to him a shalach almost a chesed mitzvah, and he's cutting up and throwing it in the bathroom. So if it was by day, it doesn't say when it was, then you'd have an interesting raya in that direction. Let's assume, not, not make it more complicated as a camping raya anyway, we don't know. Let's assume it was the suda was winding down, he fell asleep, it was Yadza, and it was already nighttime. But bear in mind, nighttime, there's a tzad, maybe the rough was only chal in the morning, or it's we chal in the morning, so apparently the guy held... He touched it, he was sleeping, he didn't wake up, but he was sleeping, and the Ruach was on his hand, and his hand touched the, well, we don't know what it touched, but it sounds like it touched the tray, and that was enough for the guy, and the guy was not interested in being Makel, and he held, you shouldn't even give it to a guy, because Lashashi might flip it. So, it's not that your question is, but he didn't touch the fruit, and Mitzvah Shem, we're going to pick that up tomorrow. Uh, what about, what about,